Welcome to the GI Psychiatrist Podcast, a podcast affiliated with GI Psychiatry, a new mental health startup working toward increasing the education, awareness, and care of mental health in patients dealing with chronic gastrointestinal issues. Now here is your host, Dr. Claire Brandon. Hey everyone, this is Dr. Claire Brandon. Just a reminder, this podcast is strictly for education and information. I'm not providing medical advice. If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health, please reach out to your doctor or emergency services in your area. Listening to my podcast does not result in a patient-doctor relationship. I practice in New York City and don't always know the resources in every part of the country, unfortunately. All content on this podcast is my own opinion and doesn't represent that of anyone else or any other organization. I'll be posting about upcoming episodes on the podcast Instagram, The GI Psychiatrist. If you have a question or idea for this or upcoming episodes, please let us know by direct messaging The GI Psychiatrist or on our website, www.gipsychiatry.com. And we'll do our best to incorporate any questions or suggestions. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about resilience, specifically resilience in chronic gastrointestinal disorders. First of all, what is resilience? Resilience is defined in physical properties as the ability to bounce back into shape. In humans, it's the idea that you have the capacity to recover from a difficult situation and bounce back into shape. Although some people do have a higher resilience at their starting point, it's possible for anyone to learn to be resilient. Resilience has been mostly studied in very high-level military operatives. An example of this would be John McCain as a prisoner of war in Vietnam. He was trained to be a prisoner of war in many ways and was already in a very specialized field, that's based in finding the absolute most resilient people to go on special missions. While it took an extraordinary amount of resilience for McCain and his fellow soldiers to get through being POWs, they were well-equipped to be successful. When we think about resilience in the general population, any early trauma or experience that made a negative impact on mental health can decrease our ability to reach down and pull on our inherent resilience. Unfortunately, there are exceptionally high numbers of individuals who have suffered these kinds of traumas, abuse, and neglect at some point in their lives. Having a chronic illness can also serve as a type of trauma. This is especially true in chronic invisible illness like GI disorders, where patients often feel misunderstood, lacking a clear diagnosis, and struggling to feel that they're getting the right care. Studies have shown that patients struggling with chronic illness have lower resilience scores than healthy controls in comparison. In considering resilience, it can be helpful to understand what can impact our development of resilience. Back in 1962, the psychologist Dr. Albert Ellis created a theory of resilience that helps us understand the patterns of impact. This is called the ABC theory of resilience. A stands for adversity. If you've had to face a challenge, especially early on in life, this can impact your resilience and your ability to learn resilience, especially if you had no good model for this. 
And this model B stands for belief as a result of the event that occurs. If you feel like something awful happened to you and awful things will continue to happen, that's a belief resulting in decreased ability to have resilience. And finally, C is the consequence. In this case, the consequence could either be that you have improved or damaged resilience. But either way, it doesn't permanently change your ability to enhance future resilience. People who tend to have a higher level of resilience often are better able to not internalize and not personalize events that have happened to them. How does resilience impact chronic gut conditions? If in the course of your GI illness, you've been struggling with anxiety and depression, you're not alone. I want to repeat this. You are not the only person struggling with mental health issues in the context of chronic illness. It's important to keep in mind because one of the most cited reasons for not getting care for mental health is the feeling of being the outlier rather than the norm. The feeling can come about, as we've talked about in prior episodes of the podcast, from inflammation in the gut that can impact the entire body, including the brain. However, a component of recovering this mental health can be in work done around resilience. If we don't feel like we have resilience to continue, sleep can get worse, mental health gets worse, our self-care gets worse, we can feel hopeless, and pain can worsen as well. A few ideas of practice include meditation, acceptance of our limitations, and self-efficacy. For meditation, this is often an overwhelming prospect. No one likes me to say this, but hear me out because meditation doesn't have to be you chanting or silently sitting for hours. Meditation itself creates mindfulness, watching thoughts and feelings come and go. It's a powerful skill to cultivate, even if you only do it for a few minutes. If your pain is very, very bad, identifying that it's not how it will be forever can be really helpful. Focus on these powerful thoughts and the meditation can enhance your well-being. Acceptance and resilience focuses on our limitations in chronic illness. Yes, if you are unwell, everything may not be possible. But instead of feeling like this is a loss, consider that you can accept the limitations and move on to something that is approachable for you. And finally, self-efficacy. This is the idea that we have the ability to do things. It's like your self-esteem in your capabilities. Often in chronic illness, the learned helplessness mindset occurs, as well as rigid rules with information we've read or been told by doctors or other providers. That brings us to the idea of obstacles to our resilience. In chronic illness, when you don't know how your disease will be on any given day, resilience can be hard to maintain. This is human behavior, and it's a reasonable response to the unknown. However, being able to identify what we do have control over is a skill that you can build to enhance your resilience. Just because you may not be able to have full control over your illness on a day-to-day basis, doesn't mean you don't have choices. You can choose to keep working in your physical therapy, to keep up your anti-inflammatory eating habits, focusing on good things that are around you, and staying compliant with your medication. When you're supported in this, 
in therapy with mental health and your medical team, it can make it a lot easier. So why is it worth working on resilience in psychotherapy? Identifying what your emotions are doing, identifying what your emotions are doing at any given time is a good starting place in developing more resilience. One of the best places to start doing that is working in therapy. And even more than just going to therapy, being open and honest as much as you can is where healing can begin. Having patterns and ideas pointed out to you when you freely express yourself is a major part of the healing process. You can ask your primary care doctor for a therapy recommendation or go on sites like Psychology Today to check for providers in your area if you're struggling with working on your resilience. Thanks so much for taking this journey with me. If you like what you hear, let us know. Please send messages of your thoughts and ideas that you'd like to see on future episodes to the GI Psychiatrist on Instagram or at www.gipsychiatry.com. I'm looking forward to talking more with you about healing, health, and taking your brain gut knowledge to the next level here on the GI Psychiatrist.